0: Over the last few years, event professionals have seen a lot of changes and challenges that are going to have a lasting effect on the industry. So on this podcast, we're talking to some of the best in the business about the opportunities these changes have presented, the questions that have emerged, and what's on the horizon. Welcome to Event Horizons. I'm Nolan Ether.
1: And I'm Olivia Van Kieren. On this podcast, we've explored how the industry has evolved over the last few years and where it stands today, but it's time to look ahead. What does it all mean for the future of events?
0: This podcast is a summary of what we learned so far and how it will shape the future of events. We'll even take a look into the more distant future and talk about the potential impact of tech like virtual reality, augmented reality, and the metaverse.
1: But before that, we're going to look at how in-person events have evolved over the last few months since we began producing this podcast. In our first episode, we talked about Nolan's time at the Experiential Marketing Summit back in May. In September, I attended Inbound HubSpot's marketing conference in Boston.
2: This is amazing. Welcome in. Real quick, before I get started, how about a quick round of applause for all these people who are on the show here today?
0: So Olivia, tell me a little bit about your time at Inbound in the fall. Uh, I know you had a great time with Caitlin, first time you guys got a chance to meet uh, from our team, but tell me a little about the event experience and how that went for you.
1: Yeah, so Inbound is HubSpot's annual conference and it's geared towards marketing and sales professionals. Um, So there's a ton of like thought leadership sessions, um, a lot of things on like marketing operations seo um there are a lot of podcast sessions actually this year i think podcasts branded podcasts are becoming way more common so a lot of content on that um but it's also a great conference for networking too um there are a lot of networking workshops and sessions built into the agenda like any you know trade show conference there's an exhibition floor where there are exhibitors it was a great experience it was the first kind of like large-scale in-person event that I have been to since the pandemic started. I think I mentioned in the last week's episode that I had attended WebEx events, um, or hybrid event, the in-person component, but it was like 50, 75 people on site. So this was, I mean, massive, like 70,000 people, I think. I was a little bit nervous going into it just because it is a huge conference. And I, I mean, I work from home. Like I haven't been to kind of large-scale events um, like that in such a long time. Uh, So I was a little bit nervous, but um, the way that the event was set up at the um, conference and exhibition center in Boston, it was pretty spread out. There were like these big stages. I had like a podcast stage, like a main stage kind of scattered throughout the venue. And I just thought it was structured and formatted very well. Like I said, there were a ton of people there, but it was spread out enough that I wasn't super nervous just being around a lot of people. And there were still like, hand sanitizer stations. Um, some people wore masks, like I wore a mask a lot of the time, but I still felt very, very comfortable. And yeah, I didn't feel like COVID was like a focal point of the experience. Like it really felt like we're back to in-person events pre-COVID. Um, and that's kind of the, the sense that I got from people that I talked to that were back, like in-person events are here. You know, we can all feel comfortable and excited about this without that kind of like nervous energy of like, oh like I hope that, you know, there's no, you know, sickness going around. Um, so that was really cool.
0: Isn't that crazy? Like, yeah, I I think that when we were in it, like it was hard to even imagine a time when we could go back. Like at first you could never imagine it happening. And then, (laughs) you know, once we were in it, it was like, is this ever, are we ever going to see each other again? Are we ever going to be able to go to an event again and hang out without a mask or like go have yeah. dinner or like anything?
1: Yeah, it felt a little bit surreal because that's just been the focus of the events industry for so long. Like how do we connect not in person? So to be in person with so many people, yeah, it was just, it was very cool. Um, even getting to connect with with Caitlin, I've worked with her for almost a year now. And just that, that energy of being able to be in person talking. And that's kind of what I heard from other people too some teams were there at the conference We hadn't seen each other in so long. So um, it was very cool. Love the venue.
0: I don't remember HubSpot promoting Inbound as a hybrid event, but it had a large virtual component as well, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it was primarily in person, but there were some sessions that you could also watch online. I will say like, it was awesome to be back in person, but it is a bit exhausting. After working from home and not really going traveling for work a lot, being in person and having like an eight-hour day, like at the conference, going to sessions, watching keynotes, networking—like it's it's pretty exhausting. So um, it was nice that they offered opportunities for people to maybe go back to their hotel room or sit at one of the you know lounge stations scattered throughout the venue, so that you could kind of separate yourself a little bit, put your headphones in, watch a session virtually. Um, That was really nice. And it's something that I've also heard talking to to some of our customers about their in-person events, like having, again, like we've been talking about, that virtual element um, where people can kind of choose their own adventure. Maybe they don't want to be on the show floor all day. They can go back to their hotel room or whatever and, you know, still be a part of the event and be able to attend sessions, but not necessarily among Thousands, thousands and thousands of people, because it can be a little bit draining.
0: Yeah. To go back to our conversation last time, or, you know, in the last episode, we talked a lot about hybrid events. And I just think it's interesting that like, this is a huge in-person event or a huge hybrid event actually, but they're marketing it as in person. Um, but when you think about attendees, you know, we keep saying, oh, you've got, you know, in-person attendees and virtual attendees, and then bringing those attendees together. But what you were just talking about is actually a really common use case I'm finding, which is it's one attendee that's just attending multiple different ways, even at the same show. You take a break for a little while. You got, everybody's got to go get lunch. Um, you know, everybody's got to, you know, go to a meeting that's a couple blocks away or whatever. You know, a lot of multitasking going on at events or networking or whatever. And so, to be able to tune into some of those sessions virtually and get some of your energy back you know, get some food in your stomach and then go back to the show floor is just a a whole different thing. You Before you had to make that decision. You had to say, okay, I'm going to take an hour off. I'm going to miss a session. And now you don't have to do that. So thinking about your attendees, you know, just from a, you know, trying to add value for event professionals listening, thinking about the same attendee potentially attending in multiple ways is also kind of an interesting use case.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It goes back to just the definition of hybrid, how it's changing. I think we've thought of hybrid as if your in person attendees and then your virtual attendees are being a part of the virtual you know aspects but you can be on site and still participate virtually which i think is cool
0: before um, we wrap up this section was there anything super cool or unique at hubspot that you that you got to experience any brand activations and then also just like anything interesting i know you got to check out some nice restaurants even
1: Probably the coolest activation was um, a brand called Rollworks. They're thinking like ABM software, but they were doing on-site screen printing um, on T-shirts. So you could choose which T-shirt design you wanted, and then like what color T-shirt. You'd fill out this little like paper form, and then you would come back like the next day or like a few hours later, and they would have your your custom T-shirt done, which I thought was really cool and. I don't know if it's this is super unique but they had like a, a headshot station my headshot was very outdated so it was nice to be able to get an updated professional headshot but yeah overall there great experience i would love to go back so
0: awesome yeah. we'll try to make that happen <laughs>
1: so something Talked a lot about on this podcast is that attendee expectations are higher than ever. So I wanted to know if this conference met and exceeded those expectations. Here's what I heard.
3: Yeah, definitely. I I absolutely think it was uh, worth making the trip from Toronto. I think that the HubSpot team has done a phenomenal job of uh, really taking in customer feedback, like they. From day one to day two, they even took in some customer feedback around the breakout rooms and adjusted the size of those. Um, they took in some feedback around not being able to get into uh, main events and created standby lists. So um, I have been really impressed with the agile mindset that they have demonstrated. And I think like they've, they've done their best job at making sure that there's an opportunity for everyone, regardless of uh, background or experience to gain something knowledgeable um, and gain uh, connections from the HubSpot inbound
1: conference.
0: A real-time pivot like that is some serious attention to customer experience.
1: Yeah, and it's something everyone noticed. Uh, I've not seen that at a conference
4: before where they've actually seen the problem, recognized it, and adjusted for it. It's usually the next year where they solve it. Right. And even as like an event marketer too, that's how I function. I like will address the problems or findings after an event, but not necessarily deal with it in real time. So like kudos to them.
1: I think it says a lot about a brand being able to really listen and understand what attendees are feeling. They said, okay, we can make this better and make it work in the moment.
3: I do a lot of this where I'm I'm evaluating what events to attend and I think like number 1 is looking at the agenda of Core themes or core topics that might be applicable to my role as as the Global Head of Marketing, um, but also the roles of my my team members as well. So my Digital Marketing Manager is attending with me. Um, I look at uh, the the caliber of speakers that are attending, um, the diversity of the speakers attending, making sure that there's different perspectives. Um, brought to the table um, and and the event is very focused on diversity, inclusion and belonging that's really important to myself and, and my organization and I think like it's it's learning from people outside of our industry that we can bring into the stock media industry and really help us disrupt and do things differently
1: The other general consensus in-person events are back
4: I think it's back to business as usual. I think going with events going forward, there's definitely going to be an experiential component that's going to have to be there. I think people are looking for a little bit more connection, and that can look different based on the type of event that you're hosting. I do think, though, that the, the great thing that came out of COVID is the digital aspect that will now be with in-person events. I don't ever think that they'll lose the digital component of it. Um, and so this allows more reach for the type of conference that you're hosting and the education that you're providing. Um, I mean, specifically for the type of events that I drive, which are very community driven, not so much uh, digital just because it doesn't fit our nature. But I think with events like this, like you'll have definitely a digital component going forward. So what does that look like? I'm not sure. Do they take all these and stream them live and have that access? I noticed that they were only doing that with certain things. Um, I think that that's a huge opportunity though for them to dive a little bit deeper on what does that side look like.
1: So we've talked about a lot of different topics over the course of this season. From like in-person events to virtual to hybrid to data. Um, what's been like your biggest takeaway or your, your few big takeaways from this season?
0: Mm, It's tough. Expectations are higher than ever across both in-person and virtual. And it seems like those two formats are kind of forcing each other to raise the bar.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think... We all got so used to virtual and that was great for what it was, especially with no in-person events um, happening during the pandemic. But I think that event professionals have learned that they don't necessarily want to leave behind those virtual elements as we, like you said, head into this new season of events where in-person is back. Um, virtual just adds not only more engagement opportunities and extended reach, but more data capture as well. Um, I really loved our episode on event data and ROI and how important it is to leverage those those virtual elements to capture data and then use that data to actually improve experience. And I think, yeah, the same thing goes for in-person impacting virtual. There are just those immersive interactive elements of in person that we all know and love, um, but it's been really cool to see um, and hear from our guests about how to kind of take those those in person experiences and incorporate them into virtual experiences. We're kind of all over and and not willing to accept a virtual experience where we're just being talked at. Um, we want um, as virtual attendees to feel like we're not an afterthought. That or an, an equal part of a, a hybrid experience or an in-person experience that has a virtual layer. Yeah, I think that's going to be a theme that we see continuing into the next event season for sure.
0: Yeah, like what a time to be alive. Like for event professionals, I think we've learned over this season in the interviews that we've done that there's never been potentially other than like the great recession or 9-11, like it's right up there as one of the biggest moments and biggest evolutions in the events industry. Um, And that evolution is happening real time and it's, it's just amazing to watch. And it's been really cool to be able to, you know, that that was kind of the vision going into the season was like, can we capture this moment? Um, Because it's really this transition um, and we don't know what's going to (laughs) happen. We we don't know what's going to happen even during the course of the season. and, And I think it's been interesting just to see it all evolve. But yeah, I mean, we went from, kind of business as usual in you know 2019 to an immediate pivot to virtual events in 2020 but those those virtual events at least at first were pretty awful then they got better right then the world started opening back up and then there's a little mix of both now in person is really big and we're starting to get hybrid events that we don't want to call hybrid events, but we still are uh, <laughs> along with an, a mix of, of uh, you know, better virtual events for more like kind of year round engagement. Right. So, so even though, you know, they say that diamonds are created by, you know, pressure um, I think that the event industry has really evolved and is continuing to evolve with this pressure and they're starting to evolve into this next stage where events are not this kind of siloed, discipline, this siloed piece of marketing or whatever, you know, whatever the intention of your event is, it's really much more well-connected to the broader user experience and customer experience now um, overall. And that's just getting better and better. And then to your point about data and ROI, you know, tying into all of those systems and things, that's just going to get better as you collect data, as you deal with integration challenges, as you figure out how to leverage that data, how to, um, tie data together from multiple different platforms, from events platforms, from CRMs, all these different things together, you get a, you're get you getting a more useful picture of your customers, what they care about and how you can best serve them. And I think that uh, events are gonna play a larger role in that than they ever have. And keeping those audience, keeping those attendees and, and prospects and customers engaged is probably still the challenge that hasn't changed. That's the one thing that hasn't changed, right? Um, but there's just more options now, um, and more tools for us to be able to use, to engage those attendees. You know, the thing that I think we maybe failed to mention in previous episodes that I think is important while we have a chance to wrap up is that it's not just production value, right? Like you can, if you, you can polish something all day long, but if you're not telling a good story, people aren't going to tune in, right? It could be the most high production value. You know, you got David Copperfield up on the stage and fireworks and you know, all the craziness, but if you're not telling them a good story or showing that you understand what they care about or providing them value, something that they can actually learn, take away, implement into their own organizations to or improve their own events programs or to improve their own uh, businesses, whatever they may be, then then you're not hitting the mark. And so continuing to up just the not just the quality of the production, but also just the quality of the storytelling. And I think that a lot of that We need to probably start thinking about getting away from flat PowerPoint presentations and and just more engaging ways to to bring people in, which which also brings us into some of the conversations about uh, the future of events.
1: When we talked to some of our guests this season in preparation for this final episode, we made sure to ask them what they saw for the future of events.
0: While we learn from Olivia's experience at Inbound that In-Person is back and here to stay, Courtney Stanley, keynote speaker, event MC, and PR and marketing expert, says virtual events are also here to stay.
2: I mean, I'll speak from the United States because it's different all over the world, but from the U.S. perspective, I mean... Gosh, I mean, I think we're back. It's I, people have been saying that for probably the past year because they wanted it to be true, but I think at this point, what I've seen is that it is true. I think we've seen uh, so many conferences come back for the first time over the past, you know, couple of months or that are happening this fall. So I think our industry has made its way back in a really big way, and I think we're going to see that continue to move forward. I think that virtual's still here. I think it serves a great purpose, and I think we're going to see the continuation of in-person and virtual and some hybrid for people who have done it well or wanna do it better. I think we're gonna see that. Um, I think that the tech sector of our industry is going to continue. We're gonna see you know a lot of mergers and acquisitions uh, that are happening because there was a really big moment of explosion and thriving in the tech space. And I think that our tech friends did an awesome job and took advantage of a really great opportunity to expand, grow and change. But I think that, you know, with the pendulum swinging back a different way, we're going to see some decisions being made where our tech industry is going to shift again.
0: So we're going to see some
2: changes there.
0: What do you think event tech industry needs to do and how do we need to evolve to make sure that we're staying relevant?
2: You know, I think focusing on the today's pain points and tomorrow's pain points, if we're looking forward, is really the key to staying in the game. So how, and that's, you know, that's the fun part of tech. It's like, how can we continue to evolve and innovate so that we stay ahead of what the market needs and just kind of anticipate and hope that we're right in the next six months to a year? I think, I think that our industry has done a pretty darn good job, especially our, our tech companies, specifically over the past couple of years with that. But I think, you know, hold on tight because there are a lot of changes that we've seen over the past few months, and I think we're going to continue to see in terms of combined efforts within that particular group.
1: For Jason Koop, VP of Business Development at the Canadian Special Events Magazine, digital events are improving and the industry is expanding.
5: What I see over the next six months to a year is just a better use of digital events. I see a more effective use of digital events. I I see a more strategic use of digital events, quite honestly. It's like the Wild West right now in a little bit, you know, Web 3.0 and Metaverse. I think that for creatives, uh, it's going to be uh, uh, just the biggest thing that ever happened because it removes the limits on what you're able to do. It removes so many barriers to careers uh, no, i'm I'm really excited about where we're going with an industry. I think that uh, we're also really just getting into an industry that's starting to mature. Um, you know, I talked a lot about us being a mom and pop industry, and we are. But we're now starting to see some consolidation in our industry, and that consolidation is a result of the money that's being invested into this industry. Uh, so yeah, I think that uh, I think our industry is going to expand dramatically over the next few years. I think you're gonna see some merge. Uh, between pr companies advertising companies and event agencies i see you're definitely going to see some of that i think and that gets to where i talked about at the beginning of bringing that event professional in at the very beginning too many times the advertising agency creates this amazing campaign and then goes and hires a an event company to bring that to life again bring that people into the conversation from the very beginning. And now you've got all of that skill and that knowledge that you're gonna to bring to the table. It's gonna make for a much more effective uh, uh, experience for everybody.
1: So when we're thinking about the future of events, um, Jason brought up the metaverse and you know how that is going to play into the events industry, event experiences. No, I know that you are a part of the Web3 community. I see all your awesome LinkedIn posts about this. What are your thoughts? Like, how do you think this is going to play into the future of events?
0: Yeah, I think it's really interesting. And I have, of course, have to be careful here because I'm wearing two hats. I'm wearing both my Metaverse hat and my WebEx events hat. But to be candid, the reason that I came to WebEx events, formerly socio, was because I saw not necessarily just this immediate shift to virtual events and to hybrid events, but a shift, you know, specifically during the pandemic in the way that humans are communicating overall. Just digitization is coming into every aspect of our lives more and more. And I that's not a situation where you can go backwards. So, you know, my vision personally for the metaverse is broader than, you know, a 3D avatar. I think that's one use case and probably will always be a more limited use case. I think the more exciting stuff is just the blending. You know, this won't come as a surprise if you've listened to this season, but the blending of virtual and in-person experiences. Um, So just imagine for a second, for example, that you were at a real in-person conference and the person wearing, you know, the person who is working a booth has on, by this time, uh, either a contact lens or just a pair of, you know, basic glasses, not a big giant headset. Um, and they're talking to somebody and then they look over and they see somebody walking towards them, except that that person is not actually there. That person is in a 3d space that is a digital twin of the event space. And now you have in-person instead of having to chat that person for support, they're walking up to somebody at a booth. The person is at a real in-person booth. The other person is not there. Um, everybody at the event maybe has these glasses by that time or whatever the hardware is, whatever the user interface is, um, hardware interface, and they're all experiencing the same thing. And so the people who can go in person can have a great time in person. They could to actually touch the, take the swag. They could to actually touch the things. They could actually sit down and enjoy, you know, food in Boston, uh, you know, get themselves a, uh, what do they have, lobster rolls? Get themselves <laughs> a lobster roll, right? You can't do that virtually. Um, but if you just want to go up and talk to somebody and get the same booth experience, but not just look at a website, you know, something like augmented reality and digital twins are already allowing that kind of thing to not exist, but at least for us to imagine it. And I think imagining it is the first step. Um, like barely... I have
1: something to say, even though yeah. I'm not a no, let's of a metaverse, but I love what you're talking about, like bringing virtual attendees into the in-person experience. and. Um, I know we talked to Meredith from Miller Tanner Associates about when you're at an in-person event, bringing your attendees into the local community, I think the metaverse opens up so much opportunity in that area, like being able to bring your virtual attendees um, into whatever, wherever location, whatever venue your in-person component is at. And I, I think it just speaks to the inclusivity piece, which I think is, most interesting to me right now about the metaverse um, and that, you know, like we've been talking about, um, some people might not be able to afford to travel to Denver to an in-person event. Um, But I think that the metaverse opens up um, opportunity and space for virtual attendees to still be a part of that in-person experience and still get to see all the cool activations and, um, you know, vendors and, and things like that. I think we're on the right track. Have there been any um, metaverse event experiences that you think were done really well that you've attended?
0: There are, but I still, they're all still very exploratory. are We're all still very early. And even though I'm excited about it, we have a ways to go. I love what's happening. There's really smart people working on this. I'm really excited about it. I do think that, Um, by the time we're actually doing these events in a really interesting way, everybody will be talking about it and focused on it. But yeah, it's it's still a ways out. It's fun to think about, but we're we're not there yet. Right. A lot of this is pilot programs. A lot of this is people saying, let's go out there and give it a shot. Let's have a party, let's have a holiday party, let's do a little internal kickoff for fun to try it out. Um, I'm not seeing anybody at this stage saying our entire events program is going to be in the metaverse or in virtual spaces, or we're going to go to an entirely, well, there are a couple. I know I, I do have a few friends that, that are, have built their company where they do their work in the metaverse or in virtual spaces, but they're very few and far between. And, uh, inside conversations there, there's a lot of friction that they they, they tell me it's, it's tougher than it looks. So.
1: Yeah. I think that brings us to our next, topic, which is hybrid. Because I think, you know, metaverse is, it's happening. I think to your point, there's a lot of development and advancement that needs to happen before it it can reach its full potential. But I think right now, hybrid is back. We had kind of a, a teaser of hybrid in 2021. And then it kind of went to the wayside. Um, but I think, yeah, it, it's going to be a an integral part of successful event programs. Um, so I'm excited to hear what what Sarah has to say about hybrid
3: I hope hybrid is here to say yeah. <laughs> but the the hybrid aspect I mean you can engage with an audience for year round now if you have a big event and then you do one-off webinars off of that event or you take the recordings and you offer them at another time replay them or have them at an additional cost that's like it's passive income <laughs> for you if you re put them out there for an additional cost. It's, you can really use this hybrid experience to engage with an audience, not just during the event, but before the event and after the event. You can continue the conversation.
0: I think it would be helpful to maybe, you know, we've said a lot and learned a lot over the course of this season, but maybe just summarize For people, especially over the next, you know, we promised to talk about the next one to two event seasons. We already talked about kind of the more distant future. What are the key takeaways? What do you think a sort of modern events program looks like that's leaning into uh, the evolution and changes that we've seen over the past couple of seasons and couple of years? Do you have any thoughts on that, Liv?
1: I think my biggest takeaway is that in-person events are back. Um, which is really exciting, but I think there's just so much potential and opportunity to learn from all the things we gained from virtual when the pandemic first hit. I'm really excited to see how in-person events progress and how event professionals leverage technology, virtual experiences to make events more inclusive, more engaging, more immersive. We've heard from a few of our, our guests about event examples how they're doing this um the benefits of that virtual element but I'm excited to to see kind of how that takes shape in the next few event seasons what about you
0: yeah I think that just to summarize um and of course keep in mind that every business is different every event even is different but to me for the next few seasons a modern event program looks like a program that leverages a combination of flagship hybrid events that we are going to call in-person probably, but hybrid events with virtual elements, you know, whether those are destination events, whether those are big conferences, whatever they are. And we've talked a little bit about that. um, And then smaller year round virtual events to stay in front of your audience and your attendees to deepen those relationships. I think that communities are going to become more prevalent. So not just events as moments in time, but more, On-demand experiences, more just ongoing, continuous kind of engagement, both you know, led by the organizations, but then also the users. Um, People just having conversations and creating safe spaces for them to talk. I think that um, bringing your events program in closer to your broader marketing efforts. You know, leverage your IT team to help with your data challenges. If you don't already have an event technology platform of record get one. Um, Obviously, we would recommend WebEx events for, you know, pretty much all events, virtual, in-person, hybrid, large, small, internal, external. You know, I don't think event professionals are going to get caught the same way again as they did in 2020. Uh, Now we have the tools where if that were to happen, you know, we were talking about it's, it's end of November right now, it's about to be holiday season. If COVID spikes right now, Um, anybody who has an event technology platform of record that can support virtual and in person, most of them, at least ours, you you flip a switch and you can change formats. So there's not going to be this, you know, huge shift in the same way. It's not going to destroy an entire event season like it did before. And so if for no other reason than that, then, you know, the continuous engagement and the kind of the safety and backup plan um, event technology, I think is, is really important this is really very simple. Put your attendee first, put your prospects first, Um, make it easier for them, make it more accessible for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think another big takeaway for me is the evolution of the industry and how event professionals have had to adapt. Um, I think we should just take a minute and applaud event professionals for just how many changes there have been in the industry from virtual to in-person to hybrid or, you know, whatever you call it. I think that that, should be you know, reassuring or comforting to event professionals. A lot of you have done virtual in-person hybrid. You have the experience and the tools that you need to kind of enter this new era of events these next few seasons. Um, take best practices from each of those event formats and you know, think critically of about when it makes sense to have a hybrid event or an in-person only event or a small, you know, virtual experience you have the experience after these tumultuous past few years um, to really create a well-rounded events program. I think that's going to be really big. Moving forward is having a variety of event formats, obviously like thinking critically about when it makes sense to use each of them. But um, I think that they lend themselves well to specific use cases. And we've just heard so many examples of of how event professionals um, are are leveraging each of those formats to create well-rounded year-round experiences. Um, So all that to say, you have the tools in your tool belt, um, and it's just been really inspiring to hear about how other professionals have adapted to create experiences that, like you said, put the attendee at the center of everything.
0: Liv, what are you you feeling right now? We just learned, you know, we haven't really had the time, honestly, during this crazy event season to dive super deep into the podcast data. But turns out we've, uh, people in over 24 countries have been listening to Event Horizons. So thank you to everyone who's listening. Um, Countries like Germany and Botswana and the Bahamas and all over the world. So we are just honored. But Olivia, I'm just curious, like, what do you think about that? You're a star.
1: It's cool. It's really cool because I'm literally recording this in my basement, my home office, and we, you know, record this virtually every week. So to know that people all over the world are listening to it, it's it's awesome. It, it feels like it's bigger than just, you know, you and I. Um, we're obviously love us love that we, you know, record together. Um, but it's cool that it's like a, it's a bigger community, you know, like it's not just us, it's, it's other event professionals um, who are hopefully learning and, um, watching us kind of figure out what we're doing and, and how to make this better every week. Um, so yeah. What, what do you think?
0: Yeah, absolutely. If, if you're one of our friends in one of those countries or anybody, a listener, please, you know, send us comments. Um, put feedback or reviews on the podcast that helps us but we would love to hear from you we'd love next season uh, for for it to be more influenced by you guys our listeners as well what 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 else do you want to learn about what do you want to hear about who do, should we talk to um what are you seeing in different countries even which i think would be really interesting uh, that might be different from where we are here in the states but yeah thank you to everybody um it's kind of overwhelming honestly and and just really cool i'm just kind of just overflowing with gratitude at the moment.
1: Thanks for joining us to talk about the future of the events industry. And thank you for joining us this season to learn about how the events industry has evolved over the last few years. We've covered in-person events, virtual events, hybrid events, and the data you can gather at these events to prove ROI.
0: This podcast is brought to you by WebEx Events. For more great resources, to learn more about our guests, or to learn more about WebEx Events, take a look at the links in the show notes. And don't forget to follow and leave us a review. I'm Nolan Ether.
1: And I'm Olivia Van Kiering, and we'll talk to you next time on Event Horizons.